We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I have two of the most special guests that I might have ever had on the Brooklyn Buzz before. And we've had a lot of special guests. We've got the kings of Nets YouTube. Maybe Nets Spaces. I don't want to throw anyone's name under the bus. But we've got Saint from Nets Kingdom. We've got AJ from Nets Kingdom. Fellas, how are we? What is up, What's Jack? What's up, there's Nation. There's Nation. We back. You know what it is. We back on the Brooklyn right. Buzz, you know. I'm I have to come to, through. You guys, uh, we were literally chatting before for like, I don't know, 20 minutes or whatever. We could chat for days like, when it comes to Nets, basketball, life, whatever it is. And I'm going to give these guys a bit of structure. You know, these guys, they're vibing on YouTube. They're throwing yeah, we're completely, out there. completely they're unstructured. They've got the <laughs> yeah. chat. They've got memes for days. But I'm going to actually ask them some questions and get their hard-hitting thoughts. So let's get stuck right into it. Obviously, massive win last night, lads. The Nets taking down the Sixers by 29 points. Check out the Gamer with Justin uh, and Nick for that one too. But I heard this on a general NBA pod. I think it was the Ringer Network somewhere. Saint, did the Nets need that win more than the Sixers did? Yes. Yes. At this point, the Nets need every win. Like, right? Like, I mean, I we're at the point where, to me, that comment of regular season's wins or losses don't matter anymore is, like, out the window, right? Like, you could make that argument months ago when we were sitting at the top, but as we slid, 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 and we're now, what, 14, 15 games away from the playoffs, um, and you're, you're either – you're vying to stay in contention for the playoffs – you know the Nets don't want to deal with a play-in. They'd like to get to that six seed, but a lot's got to go right. And you know, you're depending on where you're at in that play-on could be anywhere from one to two games that you got to fight. So for me, yeah, to the Nets, that that was more important, right? Like for the for the Sixers, you could look at it. For them, it was more of a uh, uh, you know barometer of where they stand since the trade. It's stacking up against good teams. But by far for me, yeah, every net win, right? Every win is important to the Nets, no matter who it's from. AJ? Yeah. Yeah, and I am agree also, you know, and I think it's um, standing-wise, we didn't need this. And because like Saint was saying, um, the position in the standings, wise, I feel like the Sixers needed it more because the media, the stir-up, you know, they wanted to see if the Harden trade, who won the trade? You know, they wanted to see, they wanted to, put that statement game out there to see who won the trade. And I feel like the Sixers needed that more to see if the James Harden thing was going to work for this game. 
But you know, we ended up killing them in that uh, in the statement game. We needed we needed it more for standings, but they didn't they needed it more for optics, the way it looked. You know, I think that's a really good point on, on how you guys have both analyzed it from both sides of the angle. And you know, in terms of the optics wise, I think Chris Mulholland of Nets Daily tweeted out the fact that 2.5 million people watched last night's game, the most since the 2019 opening night, which is insane. So the Nets, when the games matter they generally do turn things up a little bit. And that's Kevin Durant, that's Kyrie Irving, that's you know, Seth Curry, for God's sake. He was absolutely incredible. Speaking of KD, I want to get to a second question. Say, oh, no, I'll go AJ for this first one. I'll try and take it in turns a little bit. Give me both a go. <laughs> is, AJ, is Kevin Durant the most important factor for the Nets and the landscape of the Eastern Conference? Does he hold the, you know, the, the results of what is going to happen in the Eastern Conference playoffs in his own very talented, large, long hands. <laughs> yes, uh, I think KD is the most important factor. I mean, he is, to me, he is the best player in the world. You know, what is he averaging? About 37 uh, rebounds, five assists. Um, he is what well, the French, he is our franchise player. And uh, the offense is kind of centered around him. You know what I'm saying? And we've seen when the offense is not, I, I don't know how, I don't have the stats with me, but when, the, when KD is not playing, our record is very bad. We saw Kyrie by himself on the road. He didn't do so well by himself. Um, but I feel like nobody wants to see Kevin Durant. What they saw last year when he what he did against the Bucks by himself with a lesser supporting cast, they don't want to see that with a better supporting cast this year. So I feel like every Kevin Durant is the best player in the world and holds the Eastern Conference in his hands, in my opinion. You know what I mean, listen, I yeah, you can't deny that Kevin Durant is the most important net. However, I I feel like Kyrie is the most important net if we're looking at the Nets landscape in the okay. Eastern Conference. And I come at it from the if we can have them for home games, right? Because it's like I'm not like obviously if Ben's there and you still don't have Kyrie full time, that you still feel comfortable going places and playing away uh, home games with Ben Simmons and KD. Like you can still have that confidence, but it's just hard not to like see the last few games that Kyrie's had in that impact. And then you're going to lose that. I just, to me at the very, and, until things change, if I'm just looking right now, I got to go with Kyrie, like, cause Kyrie, can make or break some of those wins. I've been trying to, you know, I know one of your other questions you'll get later to, it's just, if we're trying to break down standings and we're trying to break down wins and losses, it's just, it's hard for me not to look at Kyrie as being at the current moment. Overall, yes, KD as a net is the most important. He does things that no other player does. He, uh, even over He's a floor raiser. He like raises everybody's, he raises everybody on the court. When he's on the court, everybody plays better. He's a floor raiser, you know? Yeah, it's a double question for me, man, because it's hard to, Kevin Durant definitely is the most important net, but in the current situation, I got to kind of go with Kyrie on that. I don't think there's a wrong answer to it. To no, me. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. There's you no can even say answer. no. Ben is right. Yeah, like, you feel about no. it. How, how do you feel, Jack? That, that'll be Patty. Yeah. Yeah. But in, I think that you know what we've seen from Kyrie Irving individually when he's played, like that Milwaukee Bucks game was one of the great performances that we've seen a Brooklyn Nets player play in recent memory. One of the best individual wins that we've seen in a very, very long time. You know, his game against Golden State when they had the loss, the game against the Heat where they had the loss individually when Kyrie Irving's by himself. Sands Kevin Durant, Sands James Harden, like, and Sands all the other superstars. 
he's been insane. Kevin Durant's also done the same thing with, you know, David Duke Jr., Kessler Edwards, Blake Griffin, and Patty Mills. It's just like both of them have been incredible. And I know AJ... So you just changed my mind. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I (laughs) I do forget that game where KD was out there with just the rookies and just... Yeah. Yeah. You know, that is... I'm telling you, though. But it's not like Kyrie... You changed my mind. It's not like Kyrie, um, when he's by himself, he is spectacular scoring-wise. But the team, it it just doesn't have that oomph, you know, when, when Kyrie's... By himself, I don't know what it is. You know, go ahead, Jess. No, I, I totally agree with you in that, and yeah. I, I've got my stat websites with me, AJ. So I wanted to throw yeah. these ones at you as well, and you too, Saint. So Kevin, when Kevin Durant is on the floor and Kyrie is off, that's around thirteen hundred minutes. The Nets have a plus around four net rating, one hundred fourteen offensive rating, one hundred around one hundred ten defensive rating. So solid enough. When Kyrie Irving's on the floor and Kevin Durant is off the floor, that's around five hundred minutes or so. The Nets have a better offensive rating, 117.5, but the defense is where it really suffers, 120 defensive rating. So they're minus mm. 2.5 with Kevin, Kyrie Irving and without Kevin Durant. So it's just like the offense is obviously, there's, you, you can tell, because Kyrie Irving, you know, he pushes the pace. Um, you know, there's a, a sense of urgency with the way that he plays and the, the cutting, there's really good ball movement, all that sort of thing. But obviously, you know, Kevin Durant's shot making. But where it really does stick out, and this is why the answer is obviously probably going to be both. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, 162 minutes together on the floor this year. 126.8 offensive rating. <laughs> in freaking insane. And 110-ish sort of defensive rating. So not amazing. But when you're plus 16, that's pretty goddamn fine as it is. So, look, we want one. We want the other. We want both. Like, I think we're going to yeah. be selfish in that. And obviously, there are things playing out. We've seen Pooch and Woj. We're waiting for Eric Adams. We're, we're hearing all those little bits and pieces. You know, whether it's Saint, whether it's AJ, whether it's anyone else on Nets Twitter, I'm sure we'll find out soon enough. And yeah. you'll get the news uh, from one of the sources of, of great Nets media. But I wanted to throw another one at you guys. And it probably relates to these sort of superstars and the way that they've sort of brought their leadership to the squad. In terms of the personality and identity of, of this year's Nets, how would you describe it, Saint? You know, obviously Kevin Durant's got this sort of F you attitude, loves to have a bit of banter, a little chat, a little bit of shit talking. Kyrie Irving has this sort of purity and artistic element, creativity. How, do you, how would you answer that question? It's a bit of a general one, but I like yeah. the general ones to sort of reflect on the team a little bit because we get stuck in the, the wins and the losses and the standings a little bit. I want to throw this one out at both of you guys. Wow. Uh, you want me to go first? I'll go first. Yeah, go, go for it. Night. All right. For, I guess for personality-wise, I think we're more of a team, kind of like the lead-by-example team. I know, like, KD and Kyrie are kind of, to me, they're more of, like, those kind of introvert but outgoing on the court. They're, but they're, like, it's to us, our team kind of lead-by-example. We show and prove instead of, like, those vocal leaders. Because you think of LeBron James, right? LeBron James is on the court. He's a vocal leader. You know, he's in the huddle screaming, telling quarterbacking. But I feel like Katie and Kyrie, they are vocal um, in the huddles and stuff like that. But they're more like lead by example. Bring And um, let's say we have rookies, right? They're more of those teach uh, teach one. Okay, Cam, you put we're gonna put you in here. We're gonna do this. We're gonna we're gonna lead by example. I feel like KD and Kyrie are more of those kind of guys. So I feel like that's kind of like the personality of our team. Like kind of show it and prove it. You know what I'm saying? I like that. Yeah. <laughs> to add on to that, like I will say, I have never seen a team. The fact that like all the things that they've had to deal with between last year to this season, 
the level of calmness that KD and Kyrie and just, you know, Patty, like the veterans that are on that team have just exhibited, like, when the situations got tough and the attitude of, like, next man up. Like, you have this calmness and grit, and I don't know if there's a word for it, right? Crit. Like what? Crit. Crit. Yeah, we created a word. Crit, yeah. Like, they just have this calmness, but this grit that just, like, is infectious. And you saw it multiple times, like, and I heard somebody else say this, and it's so true. It's like, I don't think we realized how much these rookies were going to play this year. But to watch these guys, bring them under their wings, continue to teach them, not be berating, not yelling at them. They weren't afraid to kind of like tell them saying, hey, no, you got to do this. But there was always this like this uh how do i say like a calmness but like you like you could tell these the 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 rookies were absorbing it right and it's like especially when you have that many like young guys right on the team ddj kessler uh dayron sharp um cam thomas like all three guys with probably three different personalities like i'll even throw clax in there because i still look at clax like a rookie in some ways just the ability to to get them to buy into the system remain calm and teachable has just been incredible like that crit yeah like that's it like it it is it is an infectious personality and i've seen people in the fan base there's a lot of people that in the fan base that that grabbed that first i can't say that i stayed to that personality i definitely got a little down on those on, on that 11 game losing streak but their identity is just you no panic i mean that's another you know it's just a no panic calm team that knows what they have to do and they're going to do their best to do it and if it doesn't work they they chalk it up and they they're going to move on and, and i, I guess that's it, a good it's thing. like that little kid in the room it's like that guy in the room that's super quiet right yeah. but then you poke you poke him and you push him he turns into like some different kind of man and just throws you against like that's kind of us you know what i'm saying we're calm and quiet katie and Kyrie, Kyrie we're calm and quiet but you poke the bear and we'll show you, like we did uh, against the Sixers, we'll show you we can really be the best players in the world. You know, it's kind of like that. Yeah, it's weird because uh, it, NBA, the league, is is so wonderful and so many, full of so many narratives and talking points or whatever. But I think hearing you guys speak about it sort of makes me love this book and that team more because of their their desire to just hoop and their love of just going out there and the craft. And it makes me, you know, love basketball even more. Like, you guys know way more about the game than, than I do. But I just love watching the X's and O's. Kevin Durant, you know, hitting absolutely insane shot after insane shot. Kyrie Irving doing things with the basketball in his hands that no one else can really do. Patty Mills hitting hot threes. Seth Curry hitting hot threes. It's just... And then Clax, you know, locking down Joel Embiid. There's just something about this, the, the desire to just go out there and you know, the respect for the game is something that I, I really appreciate from this net squad saying. And I got I got to add on to that because I, think about like this. I just had this thought as you're saying this. It's like we're talking about that personality. We're talking about like their identity. And it's like take last night's game against the Sixers. They go out there. They all execute their plan. Every player from coaching staff down, they execute it. But then at the same time, how many videos did we see after the after the game that were posted where at the same time as they're mollywopping the 76ers, they're dealing with, with, with the crowd and like putting them in check going like, why are you acting like a baby with Ben Simmons? Like they're, it's like, 
just like a complete like masterpiece of like playing the game, but at the same time representing Brooklyn, representing standing up for one of their players that has yet to play yet, who we know has had like a very uh, drama filled exit from the Sixers and an, and, a, and, a, and an anticipation to start with the Nets. And like they did a masterclass across the board of like how to play as a player, how to represent yourself as a professional player out there, but also to stand up for one of their teammates, which, you know, the fact that everybody has always said something about like, how is this personality going to work and give kudos to them putting this team together and Nash, like the vibe in that locker room has got to be, electric and insane like it it just has to be and that's what you want with a team especially when things are are are, are tough for the team and uh, that's just what i thought when you were mentioning that no I, I totally agree with it as well like you see ben simmons going out there who's following him out patty mills he's, he's yeah. kicking it out to him he's taking a few shots here and there you know Kevin Durant's talking shit to Joel Embiid. He's talking shit to the crowd. <laughs> Kyrie Irving's like, why are you acting like a child to these people? Blake, exactly. Griffin, Blake Griffin and Joe Harris are chirping up to the to some other guys as well. It's yeah. just, there's something that just endears this net squad to, to its fans. And even like general NBA people, when I was listening to a lot of general NBA stuff, just talking about this game incessantly, which is awesome to hear. But a lot of them are just like, I'm kind of leaning towards this Nets team. I shouldn't be. Kevin Durant's this sort of like trader. He went from, you know, the Golden State, blah, 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 blah. You know, Kyrie Irving's anti-vax, all this sort of thing. But it's just like, when they're out there, you can't help but love them. It's sort of yeah. like, I don't know. It, you shouldn't. It's a, it's a car crash. You shouldn't want to love it. You shouldn't want to watch that sort of shit. <laughs> But you yeah. can't help but do it. It's because it's just yeah. so goddamn entertaining and yeah. so damn enthralling. But they're a, nar- a narrative busting team, big yeah. time, big time. Yeah. Obviously, we speaking of narratives. You, you've segued me nicely there, my friend. Uh, I, I love a good segue on a podcast. Anyway, <laughs> I'll, I'll throw this one at AJ first. So the million dollar question, AJ. One, when does Ben Simmons play? Two, two prong question. And who will play at home first at a Ben or Kai? Oof, this is tough. This is tough, tough, tough question. Um, well, I'm hoping Ben will play on the 16th versus the Mavs because I'm going to that game. So I'm, I'm, praying, <laughs> I'm praying he's going to play that game. But we've seen Steve Nash uh, say that he's, again, he's still is working on that ramp up, still trying to get that five on five, three on three. But I'm praying that he's uh, if if we give him a week, I feel like he'll be okay. So I'm I'm thinking he's gonna be on that that home game against the Mavericks. I think it's on the 16th. And as far as Kyrie and Ben, who's gonna play first? Ooh, I want to say I gotta go with Ben. Just say I'm gonna it. Go with ben. I'm, I'm gonna be safe. I shall be be safe. I'll be safe. I'll be safe be and safe. say Ben. I'll, I'll be safe and say Ben plays first before Kyrie. Saint. Um, I'm going to push it down a little bit further um, because the recent, I think they asked him a question about him practicing with the team five by five on Saturday. And I think that got squashed, right? So we haven't had five on five practice with Ben yet. I'm pushing it more towards the Friday 18th game or Monday, the 21st, either against the Blazers or the jazz for Ben's. Cause I think you, you give him a, a full week uh, five on five practices, uh, hoping that there's no issues with the back. Still, we haven't heard anything, so I'm hoping that's a gone issue. Uh, the, I'm 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 more towards 18th, 21st for Ben, and I'm also gonna go with I do believe Ben will play before Kyrie at home. Um, 
I hope that's not true. It's just um, I'm not seeing enough yet from, you know, if you believe some people on Twitter, the 13th is some sort of magic number. So we'll see. 13th, we've heard, right? the 13th, we've heard about the 13th. Me and Sam have heard sources say the 13th is the magic yeah. number, but we're not going to put it out there like it is. But we just heard the 13th is a magic yeah, number. So we're just going to keep it at that. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are pushing that 13th. Uh, I'm with the Ky- uh, with the Eric Adams, Kyrie thing. I'm more of like, I'll see it when I believe it. I do, however, think there, there's more optimism that it's going to happen very soon than if you would have asked me a month ago. So I, I, I'm hoping in that 13th to like, okay, we'll just say the 21st, yep. that you do have Ben and Kyrie in some combination making their appearances at home or just in general with Ben playing. But I, I'm going to go with Ben for the, for the moment. Look, I'd probably lean towards Ben a little bit. I've been the overly optimistic one on the buzz, and I'm just overly optimistic in general. Wait, wait, Jack, you, you, you shook up twi- Twitter. We got to talk about this. You shook up Twitter with your tweet about Look, Kyrie. I, know I, was, was, like, I was sort of putting two and two together, reading a <laughs> lot of tea leaves. I had a few too many people jump into my DMs. I'm the guy that goes too early. I don't have, like, you guys have more sources than me. Like, to me, it's just like, I get sources from other people's sources. So, like, if I hear someone say something, you know, in a group chat or a spaces, and I I think it's somewhat credible, then I might, you know, be a bit cryptic on on Twitter every now and then. But a part of me is just wanting to be optimistic. Throwing it out there, LeVar Ball style, you know, getting getting him there. And look, I don't know, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm... 40 billion miles away. Hopefully not for, and actually not for too long. I'll be there in a later. He's like, I'm in the land down under. What do I, I know? Like, Yo, exactly. Did Jack really, did Jack really say, you saw what Jack said? They shared a tweet to me. Jack said he's playing soon. Like, I was like, oh man, Jack. Oh man. I should know that I, like, I should know that I have a maybe slightly more credibility than maybe that I think that I do. So I shouldn't tweet. Like, I should just stick to like the main tweets and uh, a couple of stat <laughs> tweets every now and then. But, sourced up tweets. Jack is sourced up. That should not be me. That, I am not Adrian <laughs> I'm not Jay from BK. I'm none of those people. So let's just let's put that to rest. Yeah. But in all honesty, look, I think that that sort of range where before the Jazz game, around that sort of Jazz game, if both of them were to be back, that gives the Nets around 10 games, or basically it gives them 10 games to get things going. I was you know, trying to research, funnily enough, sources like an Iron Eagle who is pretty tuned into the team. He spoke to someone at CBS Sports about the fact that, you know, obviously the back, there is a thing that's happening there. We saw him, you know, wearing a, a you know, a little cushion thing, which KD wears as well, obviously. Yeah. But obviously Ben's had his issues, but he was Duncan as well, apparently trolling yeah. some of the Nets fan, uh, the Sixers fans during pregame practice. But he, Iron Eagle said he sees it in, in around a week or so. A week yeah. or so is basically, you know, the, the dates that we've sort of been specifying. Does it really matter? No, but obviously the sooner the better. So the Nets can, you know, maybe realign the on-court identity of this team because I don't think it'll be as hard as a, a, some people might think because obviously it's just like you replace Ben Simmons with basically Bruce Brown. You, ben Simmons replaces Bruce Brown and or James Johnson. That's just an immediate upgrade just in, in so many different ways. And Bruce Brown's been incredible. So it's not relegating him out of the rotation entirely because I've loved what he's been doing lately. James Johnson, I think, is you know bipolar and, and, and a bit more inconsistent. So, look, I think the sooner the better. We all want to see it. I want to – and again, you know, I'm heading over there. I'll be there for at least one regular season game. That Pacers game, I'll oh, be – okay. I do land in New York on the, the 9th 
of April. So one day before that Pacers game. So Eric Adams, if you're listening, Ben Simmons, Clutch, and Steve Nash and Sean Marks and training stuff, if you're listening, at least get it done by then, please, guys, because I want to see the the Nets big, big three, you know, big doing three. their stuff. Hopefully by the 17th for AJ as well. We want yeah, we want yeah. everyone, all the Nets fans, to to see it sooner rather than later. But... The big three, man. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, man. I was going to say also with the with the Kyrie thing, though, the reason why we've been hearing that it's very soon is because of the outlook it would look if, let's say, Kyrie was on the court uh, court side. He, the mayor doesn't want to deal with the blowback of the media. You know how the New York media o- overreacts to everything. So we see Kyrie on court side goes national news. Everybody's talking about it. The camera's panning to Kyrie. It's just a bad look for, for the mayor. Like, oh, this guy is literally right next to the court, but he can't play. It doesn't make any sense. And we're feeling that it's, it's going to be very, very soon for Kyrie to be on the court on, at home. You know, I'm getting a vibe that Kyrie wouldn't, is not going to participate in that. I hope he does. You don't think I so? Just get you the, don't think he's I just, because he's such a mellow dude and he's yeah, not trying to be like such a, a, like a drama, like stir her, like stirring the pot. Um, I definitely could see him supporting his teammates but I just get the vibe that like that's not something he would like like to do. Yeah. But listen, I'm I'm there for it if he does because I think it does like even it, if know, he sits behind the bench yeah. or or he'll still it'll still be media it'll still be media like they'll still of look, course of course yeah. Yeah. yeah either way it's not a good look but yeah. I get a vibe that he's not looking to stir the pot but that's just my my thought yeah. I- I, I probably side with that a little bit. I mean, Kyrie can stir in, in certain ways with certain issues, and this yeah. one doesn't seem like one that he would. And my ultimate thing is just like, turn up with dad, turn up with your sister, turn up with your wife, yeah. turn up with your kid, turn up with the whole yeah. family and sit courtside <laughs> with Steve Nash. And the whole family courtside, you know? Be, yeah, that would be Take amazing. a family picture and all that. Like, yeah, with the TV. exactly, exactly. That would be, be the best troll ever. Oh, it would be epic. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to some more of the, the on-court stuff and, and some of the opponents that the Nets could be facing in the East. Saying in terms of best and worst playoff matchups for, for the Nets, obviously is assuming that they do make it. Who do you want to verse? Who is the best matchup? Do they want to get the Sixers again? Do they want to get the Bulls? Who is the worst matchup? You know, we've seen them beat a lot of these teams already, but who is the best slash worst matchup for the Nets uh, come the Eastern Conference playoffs? Wow, this is a tough one because I, I'm still like having a hard time. It's like, you know, you ask these questions when you don't have Ben yet, you don't have Kyrie full time. Like, it's so hard to answer. Like, because I feel like if I had all three, like everybody was there, no more restrictions, I'd be like, I don't think there is a worst or best matchup. Like, I'm not concerned. Like, I'm just really not. Like, I'm not concerned 
uh, if there's anybody that I think I would be slightly, it might be the Heat. Um, I just think they're playing the best basketball, the best team. They're very well coached. I'm not concerned about the Bucks. Like uh, some people might be. I think they're still a great team. I'm just like if you're asking me a full squad of Kyrie, Ben, and like KD with what we've got, I'm not worried about the Bucks. Like if I had to pick a team in the East, it would probably be it would probably be the Heat. I just because of how well coached they are. They just added uh, what pass uh, what's I forget his name. Oh, um, yeah, all the depot. They just added him. We're seeing how that's gonna go in there. Uh, best matchup for us though, like I'm okay with. If I'm just sticking to the top, like I'm looking at Bucks, Heat, Sixers, Celtics. Uh, yeah. Celtics. Um, I I would I would quite honestly opt for more of like Celtics, 76ers, before I would go to like Bucks and Heat, right? Like I think the Sixers, Celtics, I would enjoy. I would I would like those matchups before I would like the others. Um, probably our biggest challenge would be the Heat. Although if you're asking me full health, I'm not ultimately not concerned about any of them. But yeah, uh, the, I'm, I'm gonna go with if I wanted the least concerned. I'm gonna go with least concerned first. Uh, I think I'm least concerned with the Bulls. I would want to see the Bulls early on or yeah. um, any, anybody below four Bulls and Celtics, Cavs. Uh, anybody below them, I think I'm least concerned with the Bulls. Celtics I feel like I want defense. The, what, does that yeah. worry you at all, AJ? And I guess they've got a similar. Their half-court, I think, offense, when you've got shot makers like Brown, Tatum, yeah, and their yeah. defense, I think that that's the one thing that worries me about Boston. And I mean, yeah. the Nets still put up 120 on them, but I do think that Jason Tatum is rounding into some form and yeah. you know, forming himself into a yeah, superstar I, status. I think yeah. that out of those teams that you mentioned, the Celtics worry me a little bit. Yeah, I wouldn't want to see Celtics first, uh, first round. I would rather see a Bulls-Cavs-Toronto first round. You know, um, Celtics, I'll say for a second round and on, because like you said, I feel like last year um, they did get that one game on us when when Jason Tatum went went 50. He went God mode and got 50. And you saw what he did against us a couple a uh, couple weeks ago. But now you add Jalen Brown to that. And I think they got Al Horford now. They didn't have Al Horford last year either. I don't think I don't remember. But this year, I feel like they're a better team. They're on pace. They're the hottest team in the East. I wouldn't want to see them uh, first. You're right. I wouldn't want to see the Celtics first round, especially with their defense. Now they're switching. It, it does kind of. It did kind of hinder us a little bit. But, what about um, those those upper yeah. teams that sort of Saint was alluding to? Your Bucks, your Sixers, yeah. your Heat. Where do you? How would you rank those three in terms of whether it's least wanting to face or most wanting to yeah. face? Uh, to me, I'm still gonna go with number one. I'm gonna go Bucks. I'm the most worried about Bucks. I just think, uh, like I said, they have uh, just a synergy. They've been together for a while, and just all coming off a championship, it just releases a lot of pressure. You know what I'm saying? And we saw because the thing with the Bucks before they won the championship was could they deal with the pressure? Could Chris Middleton uh, score at a high level consistently? Can Drew be there for uh, Giannis when he's down? But now I feel like since they went through the grind. It's going to be a little bit easier now in the playoffs because their second year going through. So I just feel like they have a better synergy together. Um, as far as us matching up with the Bucks, I feel like we're a lot better because we got Drummond. We can go big with Drummond, Lamarcus. Uh, we got Dayron. We can match up size wise with the Bucks now. But I feel like again, Giannis is just one of the best players in the East, an MVP. I feel like I, I don't want to disrespect them, and it 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 would be still a tough series. Now, if we think about Bucks number one. Then I'm going to go Philly number two, 
and then I'll do uh, Heat. I'll go Heat three, and I'll, I'll, explain, I'll explain why I think Heat is the last is the th- number three. Is because I just feel like although Saint made great points, the Heat are playing well. Um, the defense is good, but I just feel like their offense to me it's still a little stagnant. They don't really have a guy that can really um, give us buckets like that. I mean, Jimmy Butler, yes, he can score good at point, times, but he don't. They don't have their offense is still a little like. It doesn't push over. It doesn't give me the, uh, oh, I'm scared kind of thing. It's just they can lock up. But with Jimmy Butler and Bam, I just feel like they don't have that guy to push them over the edge yet. And and it, I, I could be wrong again, but I'm saying just to me, it just feels like scoring-wise, they can't keep up scoring-wise with us. Like we could outscore them uh, at four. We could, I feel like we could sweep them to me, but it's just like uh, – with with the so it's Bucks number one, Philly number two, Heat number three. I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, interesting. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. their offense just doesn't seem like I don't know, Jack. You tell me. Do you think their offense could keep up with our offense? Because you, oh, you think Nets. You know what I'm saying? We're offenses. Come on, bro. I mean, yeah. Kyrie almost beat them by himself, and they were quadruple teaming him. Yeah, like yeah. that's one thing I do buy into in terms of offense. Like they say, defense. You know, is translatable to the postseason, but. You also need just guys that can hit shots in the half court. Yeah. And I think Jimmy Butler can, but I think that he's, you know, the, the bubble was the aberration more so than exactly. the, the, the consistency and, you know, what he actually is. You know, obviously Tyler Hero doing his thing. Tyler Hero might be their best quote-unquote bucket getter, which yeah. is saying something. You know, and I think the Nets can play good enough defense. Like last night, they had a 100 defensive rating against a team that has Joel B, Tyrese Maxey, and James Harden. They're three pretty great offensive players. And I think that you can make an argument that Joel Embiid is a great offensive player than anyone on the the Miami Heat right now. I just think that what Saint was sort of alluding to as well, you know, I'm not going to answer my own question because I'll probably have this question again (laughs) on another week for a different set of guests and probably with Nick as well. But I will say that I think coaching can make up for that. Sort of what Saint was alluding to. Eric Spolstra, Easily the best coach in the NBA for me. He's a great coach. At great least coach. in the East. You know, Monty Williams is awesome. And yeah. what he does, him and sort of Nick Nurse, they aren't afraid to just go, look, the Nets haven't you know, done well with zones and box and ones and all those sort of things. But I think over a seven-game series, that's where it's just like, okay, we can figure this out. For one yeah. game, yeah, throw whatever shit you want at us. But over a seven-game series, adjustments are, can easily be made. Eric yeah. Spolstra clearly has the advantage over us there. You know, Eric, Mike Woldenhoser, I think it's gotten better as a coach. But you can make a, a pretty credible argument that, like, last year, I think I was making the argument that Steve Nash is a better coach than Mike yeah. Bonhoza. And I think he was better last year because yeah. of the people surrounded him by it. But, you know, Ime Udoka, I think, is a really good coach in terms of what he's done with that team. Funnily enough, you know, we probably missed him a little bit on the defensive end before. Yeah. So, yeah, it is a hard one. I think the Bulls are the best. Those are the, mm. That's the team that I want to face the most. We saw what we yeah, did to them. Too. And them against, you know, some of those upper echelon teams. I think that their health issues as well. You know, Zach Levine is awesome. DeMar DeRozan is awesome. But I just think that the Nets just have a, a bit more size, athleticism. They, they match up. You know, they, they've just got the pieces to match up on both ends of the floor. You throw a Bruce at one of them, um, and I think that, that that can sort of help. You throw Ben at one of the other guys, um, and I think that they just match up better. Whereas I think that the Sixers aren't going to be as bad as they were last night against us. I think Embiid no. is still in, Embiid and Giannis are the two players that I don't want to yeah. face. You know, don't I want to face those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like Giannis is a Finals MVP. You know, Joel Embiid has. If you've got the KD stamp of approval, you know, you're getting picked first yeah. in the draft. You're talking glowingly about him. Then you know, I listen to what Kevin Durant says about basketball. So look, this yeah. could change. You know, this could definitely yeah. change. We could see, you know, the 
the, the Bulls go in a, a hot vein of form and take down some of these teams and, and really yeah. put some of the questions we have to rest. You know, we could see the Miami Heat, you know, Jimmy Butler, you know, get back to some all NBA level form and bam, <laughs> take another step forward. Yeah. Like things can change. Well, let me, so, go. Let me add one, one last point in, in the playoffs, right? You're going to need a guy that can get uh, the defense can't plan for. You know what I'm saying? You're going to need a bucket getter that can get shots with, with good defense, make tough shots. I just feel like with the Heat, they don't have that guy that can just push over the edge. Like They don't have a, a, a KD or a Kyrie or a Giannis or a Joel Embiid, a guy that you just cannot stop or you can't really game plan for. you got to stop as a team. I feel like the Miami Heat don't have that. I mean, yeah. defense is good, but, but I feel like Miami Heat don't really have that guy. I, I listen where I agree yeah. with you on that. The thing that's yeah. made the the Heat so good this year, though, is because a the the coaching we've already discussed the coaching, that coaching coaching. But they've got a great like from top to bottom. They have like yeah. they they just play so well together. That's you part of that's like team, team basketball. Team. Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, yeah. It, it, it is my? Right, I'll let you if I jump. I'm just going to throw the here. question at you because I think you were probably going to discuss it. What matters more in a playoff setting? Does that team collective where you've got you know one to ten they've got incredible depth on their roster or is it about one to seven one to eight and you know obviously one two and three four and five or one you know the guys are going to be playing 42 minutes plus for your team you know i don't think there's a wrong answer like we've got a lot of questions yeah i don't think there's a wrong answer in this either yeah because i mean it's like listen and that's what's made them so good and so strong is that that one through ten they got them playing very well together. You may not have your KD, you may not have your Kyrie, but you have guys that are stepping in in replace of somebody else, and they're and they're and they're hitting their shots. They're doing what they're supposed to, and they just added another decent player who will see if he stays healthy and how well he fits in there. It's just, I think you could go at it from a combination of of both like i mean that's a hard like it's where i don't disagree with aj it's like and then you could like look at my point and say like wow they're they're still very like put together one through ten and and i'll give them a uh, dark dark horse cinderella it could be a dark horse i'll say that they're a sleeper team slash dark there's horse. more people yeah. that are higher on them that like just like are you know people are starting to talk about them like they're the warriors or something i wouldn't go that far no. But I, I'm just saying, like, they, that is the difference between that team and, say, some other teams is that they are a solidly put-together team from top to bottom. They still have guys like Butler, still no joke. Bam's been doing it, right? They're not on the level of KD and Kyrie. But you have those guys with some solid players around them. It's hard, and you're facing that seven games. Like, that's a tough road, too. Um, yeah. I, I agree with you. I don't think there's an either right or wrong answer kind of on this one. Yeah, it's weird because, like, I wanted to find out because, you know, we spoke a little bit about, like, the half-court offense there. And, you know, I need to probably eat my own words a little bit because the Miami Heat, you know, are eighth in half-court offense this season, 113.5 above the Nets. Obviously, I don't think, you know, the Nets have had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last season, we saw it was, like, the Nets and the Clippers because both of those guys, Paul George, Kyrie Leonard, Kyrie Irving, James Harden. Kevin Durant, all the, all the rest of it. And funnily enough as well, the Chicago Bulls, 114.3. Uh, they are six. And the Milwaukee Bucks, 115.2. Whereas, you know, a team like the Sixers is 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 12th, you know, and, and Cleveland 19th, Toronto 17th. You know, there's just, some, and I think that I look to that 
But I also look at it with, you know, a lens of, okay, you know, how healthy are these teams? What are the what are the sets that they're running that they're going to be able to get in the half court? You know, uh, playoffs is just like, okay, what can you take away from the team? What can you maintain? So I think it's it's worth touching on. It's worth discussing, you know, the the statistics there. But, you know, it's not the be-all and end-all, I guess. At the end no, of the no. And it's so hard. And even with all these questions, it's so hard to judge when, with our team. It's like at the end of the day, it's like we're, we're talking in a sense of like, still not a complete team and it's yeah. so hard to judge that like i can't wait till we we don't have that that if if and when in our vocabulary as nets fans like if as soon when. as that's gone i'm happy yeah if and when ramp up and mandate those are words <laughs> exactly ever yeah yeah i don't mandate. like those words this season in my life but you know Blake Griffin, guys, I think we we saw this. Um, I, I mean, I saw it in, in a group chat, and, and thanks to, to Kelsey on Twitter who, who shared this. He Blake Griffin commented on, I'm not sure if it was jokingly, he did use the laughing emoji. I think it's worth talking about the emoji use here. Javon Carter was like, man, it feels good to hoop, put it, post it on his Instagram. And Blake Griffin was like, uh, laughing emoji, what's it like? Now, I don't know how the hell I got like 14,000 likes on on a screenshot or whatever, but... A lot of people, there's some like <laughs> Yo, that went viral, bro. I, don't know I was watching a TV show and I think they referenced your tweet too. I think they were referenced. Like, I, I think it was Shannon Sharp. He was like, Oh, I saw Javon Carter comment on. Oh, he's like, I saw Blake Griffin comment on a Javon Carter's post. I'm like, Oh, that was Jack's tweet. He didn't, see, he didn't say it was your tweet, but he said he referenced that tweet. I was like, Yo, your tweet went viral, viral, bro. Again, shout out to Kelsey, who was the, yeah. the one that alerted me to it in the Nets group chat that I'm in. Yeah. You know, he, he, he provided me the information there, but. I guess AJ should Blake Griffin be playing? And I, I had a lot of people, you know, saying Blake Griffin's washed. A lot of people saying give him minutes over James Johnson. We haven't seen him for a while, and I'm sure he wants to be out there. And we've seen what he can do on occasion. And when he's been out there in in sparing moments this season, we know what he's done against Giannis in last year's postseason. Is there time for Blake Griffin? It's tough because right now, like we, we've been talking about this, and I know Nets Nation does not. Like, JJ is kind of like Nets Nation's most hated, but we always say that JJ James Johnson gives us like uh, five minutes of great, and then he'll give us the rest of the game. It'll be bad. You know, he just so bipolar, like you were saying, with his play. But I think the reason why Steve Nash is going to him is because. Um, it's just the way he plays. Um, sometimes he'll get hot, sometimes he'll get cold, but I feel like he kind of affects the game from he can guard that four or five. He's a he's six eight, he's wide body, he can guard that four or five at times, and he can um push the pace. He has a better he's better ball handling than Blake. But to me, I, I want Blake to play because Blake is a great playmaker, also. Blake is great, a great passer and um, Blake has better interior defense than James Johnson does. But to me, I want Blake to play. But I guess James Johnson is just having a couple of good – a stretch of good games that Steve Nash doesn't want to, like, sit him down. He wants to keep kind of seeing if James – because, like I said, James Johnson last night – well, last night, 16 points, what, three for three from the from three. So I feel like Steve Nash is just keep giving him chances on chances on chances. But I feel like in the playoffs, we will see Blake um, in certain matchups. You know, again, Blake's interior defense, I still think he's the best. Uh, well, now that we have Ben, him and Ben are the best Giannis defenders. So and the best interior defenders, I think we have. Uh, Blake is one of those guys that we could use in a playoff matchup. I, I think we'll use Blake in the playoffs, 
But for right now, regular season, I could see Steve Nash like, okay, I'm giving JJ until JJ just looks terrible, terrible, terrible. I mean, he has some games where he has looked trash, but until he doesn't have like a, a stretch of bad games, I feel like Steve Nash is going to hold on to the leash right now over JJ. You go ahead. Well, I guess I'll throw a question back. Is yeah. it also surprising that since Harden left this team and we've seen the pace of the Nets offense pick up, you have not seen Blake Griffin, right? Uh-huh. Like, we definitely know what Blake Blake can bring to the team. Yeah. Uh, I do think he was being used quite a bit. There might also be, like, a resting type thing going on here uh, yeah. to save him for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, however, you know... I don't want to say that. I don't think if I'm looking at Blake Griffin, I'm looking at James Johnson. I don't think they're too far apart in what they can give you right now. And I think the reason why they're leaning towards James Johnson is because he can bring the ball up. He has better ball handling skills. He is a lot quicker. I, I yeah. you I will agree with you as far as like the interior defense from Blake, but yeah. I still think James is a better perimeter guard. He has yeah. those moments and he just fits with with what the nets are trying to do right now and then my other question is like well if you're if you've got LA like are you really are you going to go to Blake over LA like they're not again it's like you're bringing in another a guy that like they are like older players they're slower they sometimes fit into it so it's like if you're going to bring in if you have to go to one of those two, you're probably going to opt for L.A. every time over Blake because it, they can still get into some similar situations down there. Um, I would like to see him a little bit more just because I know he's been a true road dog like for this team since last year. You know, like the I know everybody keeps bringing, bringing it up, but like leads the league and taking charges like that's been a huge thing. Like I would like to see Blake. I, I really kind of thought it was surprising last night that he didn't get any play like yeah. after the six. I was shocked too. It, it's like, yo, like, why isn't like, why are you going to Kessler? Like what, like did, are we, are we looking at Blake as like Deandre from last year? A little like, bit. Are, are we doing that? <laughs> like there's yeah. so many questions I have and it's just, you haven't been given any information on why Blake has not been playing. So it's spawned me to ask all those kind of questions. Like, would you go yeah. over LA over him? James Johnson fits more. Are you resting him? Has the game got too fast for him? And then, you know, is he being DJ'd? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it, I would like to see a little bit more, but I, I, I don't know. Once Ben gets there, though, quite honestly, yeah, we're not going to be because really we're going to need that. I was going to yeah. say, we're going to need that four off the bench because we're always going to look to see who's going to be the four, the power forward off the bench. We know it's going to be LaMarcus might be. It's going to probably be the backup center. It would, it, Depending on matchup based, it'll be LaMarcus or Claxton be that backup center. But I feel like that four, I don't know, it's just tough with the matchups. You know, it, now it's Steve Nash. Is, I guess he's fell in love with J.J. for right now. But like I said, I want to see Blake out there, but J.J. keeps wowing me with these weird performances and i'm just like why is he playing like this and then some games i'll be like take him out some games i'm like oh he's playing great and then it's just tough it's tough right now how do you what do you think jack jack can i ask you a question and then go into your thing if ben when ben is there once you put ben in there is it like are you really gonna like not like you're probably gonna look to clax you're gonna look to la before you look to jj and blake yeah i I don't know if you agree with that like so at the same time, I wonder, quite honestly, we know JJ's going to dip. 
you know, how much are you really going to go to these guys once Ben is there? I, I just, yeah. I don't know. I, it's, I think it's totally, totally true because, you know, I think AJ alluded to the fact that how good Drummond was in, in certain matchups as well. You know, he can yeah. be a little bit bipolar at the same time, but, you know, against the Bucks, he was he was incredible. I also yeah. think James Johnson was pretty good in that game as well. He obviously had that game in incredible block. I thought he guarded Garnis okay. And yes, there's obviously the statistics out there that he's one of the best Yana stoppers in, in Miami yeah. and Dallas or whatever. And some of those can be a little bit noisy, but I, I buy it somewhat. I, I honestly, you know, it, this is a nitty gritty question that probably not a lot of people care about, which is why I didn't throw it at the top of the pod. But I do think <laughs> it's it's a fun one to discuss because I think Blake still has a semblance of value. You know, AJ mentioned, you know, he's playmaking there. I honestly think that, that Clax is, to me, ultimately a four on most occasions and can play next to an LA basically everyone, but Drummond, I maybe Ben Simmons, you know, I think that maybe yeah. not. I think I want to see that because I think the defense would be incredible. When, if you've got a front court of Kevin Durant, Claxton and Ben Simmons, dear Lord, that would be menacing in terms of the switchability that it would have. Oh, and that's when the nets look their best when they can switch everything and they go smaller because Clax is a big, you know, like a, a small stuck in a big man's body in a lot of respects. And I thought yesterday against the, the Sixers, you know, I put out a little bit of a, a thread with a couple of plays. And I think he showed, you know, some of his center skills as well and some of his ability in the short role, you know, and, and some of his ability, obviously, in, in, to increase you know, the post defense uh, that I think, you know, that we've been wanting from him as well. And obviously, you know, he's been bipolar with his health status. So it's yeah. a, it's an interesting one, the Nets front court. You know, I, I, I honestly do think that, the best version of the Nets is like, you know, KD, Ben Simmons at the five. You know, yeah, they're interchangeable there. That's when the Nets are obviously menacing offensively. And I think defensively, both of those guys as help side guys would be incredible. You throw in Clax there as well. Clax, I think, has a, a ceiling he, that he gives you, as Blake has maybe like a steadiness. So, look, maybe we don't even see Blake. And I don't think it's the end of the world. But, and I, I just think that we've seen so much experimentation, we've seen so much fluctuation from this Nets team that, you know, while LaMarcus Aldridge is still out, I think it is still worth, you know, a few minutes here and there. And funnily enough, you know, obviously we're not expecting Blake to hit the threes that he did last year. He's been awful there this season. But, you know, like James Johnson, he's got some good playmaking. He's good in the short role. He's good as an elbow hub. So, and obviously defensively, you know, he takes the charges. I don't know how he hasn't got cussed more times in his career, but yeah, it's it's a fascinating one. I think it's just a, it's probably not. I think that's probably where we might be all leaning once the the Nets are at their best. You know, we're probably not going to be talking about Blake Griffin minutes. We'll be talking about <laughs> yeah. Chris Brown minutes a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, and listen, he's a victim. I think he's just as much as victim as the inconsistent play from the beginning of the season that we saw with Bruce Brown. We saw with Blake, with other players. And let's just be honest, like James Harden really choked our offense drastically. And it's no surprise that some players are playing better since he left. And I think Bruce Brown is a perfect example of that. I wonder if Blake is in that same thing. Obviously, Brown is a lot more athletic, brings so many like other different things. But, you know, he may have just been another victim of like how the year has gone this year. And it's just... It's, and also yeah. with uh with uh James Johnson, because I, I was looking at the team stats and our fast break. I think we're number one in fast break efficiency, and we're shooting up in fast break points. So JJ is a great like he he pushes the ball when he gets the rebound. Like he's out, you know what I'm saying. Sometimes we'll be like, whoa, JJ, what are you doing? But sometimes we'll be like, oh, okay, good move, and he'll get a dunk. 
you know. But so I feel like he pushes the pace. And you know how Steve Nash, Steve Nash is one of those uh, coaches that love the, you know, the seven seconds or less, the fast pace, run and gun, you know, score fast. He he loves that fast paced basketball. So I feel like JJ kind of like he leaning, he's leaning more towards JJ that. But like you guys are saying, once Ben comes back. We're probably not going to be talking about J.J. and Blake. We're, we're probably going to be talking about other guys because once the playoff hits, you know how the rotations are. It's going to be one through eight. Maybe eight guys are going to play. It's not going to be like we're going to go 10 deep. It's going to be one through eight. So it's going to be a very, very close, you know, who cracks the rotation um, during the playoffs, you know. Definitely. And the fastback yeah. efficiency is an interesting one as well because yeah. I, I looked up, you know, I heard Saint talk about, you know, the pace or whatever. Funnily enough, the pace was – you know, higher with James Harden on the team. I think they were about 10th and they've been 17th since, obviously. Really? Yeah, extenuating. Wow. Wow. I mean, it just looks, I guess, looks and numbers. That's surprising. Yeah. That's why I think the fast break efficiency, what AJ was alluding to, is probably more indicative of the way the Nets have been playing in terms of the quality of the pace that they've been playing. Yeah, the quality of the pace, yeah. 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 And I I think all the, the things that AJ was saying about James Johnson as well, in my head, I'm like, Ben Simmons is insane at those things, at oh. getting the rebound and pushing the pace <laughs> yeah. and transition fast break. Oh, yeah. my God. And, like, I think yeah. we heard Kevin Durant speak about it yesterday in terms of how they wanted to attack the Sixers mm-hmm. and you know, the Nets' identity, you know, part of their offensive identity is, you know, Kai loves to do that as well. James Harden, when he was at his best, you know, I'd love to throw those outlet passes to Jeff Green and KD as well. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that <laughs> it'll be ancillary once we're talking about Ben Simmons in a lot of these circumstances. Fingers crossed that does happen soon. And yeah. I guess we, we touched on, you know, the, the schedule and when players will come back and how many games the Nets have got, got left. In terms of the standings as they are right now, well, as we're recording this on a Saturday my time, and the Nets are currently aped at 34 and 33. They're two games behind the Raptors uh, in the seventh seed and five games behind the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, with the sixth seed. And they currently do have, let me count how many games they've got left. 1, 2, 3, 5, 7, 9, 11, 13, 15 games left. Now, I'll go through the games for you. I've seen a few people throw out like 11 and 4 and 12 and 3, 10 and 5, 9 and 6. These are the games. And I'm just going to want to hear a win or loss from you guys. And we'll eventually collate them. Actually, I don't. I need a pen. Actually, I've got a pen here. Perfect. <laughs> I'm write down the See, I, I've already been. This has been the one question I've been thinking about the most, and it's yeah. like again, it's such a going to be such a hard one because you don't know when everybody's back full time, and it could go either way depending on when you get Kyrie back, when you get Ben back, how it looks the rest of the season. Like this is a tricky question. It is, and funnily enough, I'm sure people might have heard of my mic me rip out a, a page of from a notebook. I got my pen ready. <laughs> All right. Win and loss. I'll ask both of you guys. Nets, Knicks, win or loss? I'm win. going win. Win. Right. Win, win. Yeah, Let's win. go quick through this. Magic Nets. Win. win. Mavericks Nets. Ooh. It's at home. It's Whether at that's home. a bad thing. That might be an L because I don't think we're going to have Ben and I don't think we're going to have Kyrie just yet. That's fair. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna go L. I'm just gonna say I'm gonna L. go L. Mavericks, if Katie is by Mavericks himself, I'm going L. Let's Katie's see. by himself, L. If Kyrie and or Ben are there, I think it's a W. Yeah. So but I'll we'll just stick with L. We'll just we'll have to say L for now. We'll be conservative. We'll be conservative. Yeah. Nets Blazers. Win. Win. Yeah, win. Win with the and obviously I think Anthony Simons is out for a little while as well. I think that yeah. was announced today too. Nets Jazz home game as well. And we spoke about this day as a possible day that we could see Ben Simmons back. Kyrie Irving could possibly be back. If at least one of them is back, let's 
let's talk. Let's put our own things into fruition. One of them is back Saint by that point in time. Can when? the Nets take down the Jazz by this point? Who will also be fighting like for for seeding in the West as well, where it's been a, an absolute slog as well. This could be a really big game. It could. No, you're That's very true. I'm I'm gonna go win because I do think Ben is gonna be back by then. I think we're under undervaluing the addition of Seth and Drummond. If you would have asked me this prior to having Seth and Drummond in the lineup, uh, I would probably go L. But I think Drummond's gonna be a great addition. Uh, It's I keep forgetting that we now have a bruiser down low, and it really has made it a huge. Like say what you want about Drummond, just having Drummond there has has been such a relief. Like, we, when's the last time we we had a discussion or argument about rebounds? Yeah, true. Yeah. So true. I, I'm going. I'm going win against the Jazz. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to win. Also, I think um, with Drummond now, I think Lamarcus will be back. Also, we can deal with Rudy Gobert. You know, we have we have the bodies to deal with Rudy Gobert. And then when it comes to Donovan Mitchell, I just feel like Katie will outscore Donovan. And then we have, like like Saint was saying, our role players, Seth, um, Bruce. I feel like they 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 can support KD um, if it's KD, and and if we have Ben and Ben and Ky- or Kyrie, I feel like it's an easy, it's a it's a W for us. Ben Simmons' best career game has come against the Utah Jazz. Funny enough, oh yeah, well, he, he loves <laughs> the Jazz. Bro. He hate he loves slash hates them. Obviously, the Donovan Mitchell stuff and, and oh, yeah. that's happened in between there. Grizzlies Nets, one of the best teams in the NBA, Ooh. and that'll be away from home. That'll be in Memphis. So Kyrie Irving, even if he you know the, the rules aren't changed by then, would be available. We could hypothesize that maybe the big three would be available then. That is going to be. There's some wow. awesome games in the run left. Yeah. Win or loss? I'm going to loss because I think the Grizzlies are great. And at home, I, I think that they're you know, nigh on unbeatable. You know, their crowd is amazing also. Yeah. Oh, you want to go Saint? No. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> how to call this one. Wait, it's a big three. If it's a big three, ooh, that's tough. That's tough. I'm, I'm going to go W with the big three. I think, okay. um, I think um, we're going to put Ben on Ja. Ben on Ja, he's gonna have to deal with Ja on the perimeter. Um, KD's gonna go off, and Kyrie's gonna go off. I feel like that will kind of suffocate their team a little bit. It'll be a close one, but I think it's a I think it's a W for me. Come back. Yeah. What do we feel? Yeah. Oof. You know what? I'm gonna be brave and go W. All right. Yeah. I I because I'm really again torn on this because every time I think of my head, Kyrie, KD, Ben Simmons, it's like. How do you not win? So yeah, I'm gonna, even though the Grizz are are a great team this year, been a great story. They're on fire. I, I'm gonna go with the W. That's totally fair. Right now, the Nets are five and one over these six games we've discussed. So I think that's fantastic with the predictions and <laughs> for these predictions as well. Another big matchup followed up is the Heat, and that is in Miami as well. So you know, oh. Kyrie Irving again would be available for that game, and we know what he did against them. And we know how much Katie loves the big games. And, you know, Ben, obviously, hopefully available by then also. Stop arguing! Is this is this going to be one that we could that we could hear? You're going to put yourself on mute. <laughs> Look, we're arguing I thought about... I was on mute. I apologize. Good, bro. I have kids. Pod Nation, Pod World, I have kids. This is what happens when you do pods and you have kids. I thought I was on mute. Pod Nation, it was the same My apology. Edit, edit that out, please. I will, 
keeping that in there to say. You know, you know I would say we, we want the realness on the pod as well. Yeah, you got real. You, <laughs> got... I, 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 to be fair, go back. There is an there is an episode where I yelled at my kid to wipe his own butt from, and it was like louder than you could ever imagine. These are these are pod and video problems when you have children. So absolutely, absolutely, there are those problems. The Nets have some problems with the heat. Will they have enough problems that they can get the W or not? Ooh, that's tough for me, man. Um, we gotta be conservative. Miami... We gotta throw some L's in there at least. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I'll go. I'll go L. I'll go L this one. Uh, I think Miami on the road. If every if it's a fully loaded Miami team, I'll, I'll go L with this one. Uh, PJ Tucker, you know, giving that stifling defense on KD. Um, Jimmy Butler probably can catch fire, and I know Tyler Hero and Duncan have been on a little groove. So I could at home for Miami, I think they could get that dub. I think it'll be a close one, but I think they'll get that dub. So I'll go L. I'll go L with that. All right, one. We'll go with the win for we'll go for the the L for that one. Nets yeah, Hornets. I think this is a, a W. Oh yeah, that's easy. That's an easy yep. one. Yeah. Uh, Nets Pistons same. Oh, oh yeah, easy. that's a W. Oh, our schedule got a lot easier, yo. Our schedule it is, is, yeah, it's easy. getting easier because yeah. that that heat that heat Grizz. I mean, that literally could go L W either way. I was thinking possibly if I had to choose between an L, it would probably be the Heat over the Grizz. But yeah, it gets easier after that. Don't yeah. talk too soon, lads, because they have the Bucks as their game after the Pistons. Ooh. I'm going W on this one. Okay, okay. I'm not worried about the Bucks like some people are. I, I just they're I'm not afraid. We we beat them hob almost beat them hobbled. Last year, uh, I've seen what they've done this season. I'm I'm not too impressed with their additions. Um, we've seen Kyrie beat them hands down by themselves. I'm not I'm not worried about the Bucks. I'm going W. I'm gonna go L. I'll do a close. It's gonna be very 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 close, but I'll go L. I think we we I'll go L on that one. Hawks Nets at in Atlanta. In Atlanta, W. W. For that, but that was one of the great games this regular season, by the way. We might finish with a question like that um, after. Funnily enough, we were speaking a little bit about strength of schedule, going through the games or whatever. I will. I think for people that don't know, the Nets have the 28th strength of schedule, so the 20, the, the third easiest schedule in comparison to teams that are around their mark. The Toronto Raptors have the ninth toughest. Um, the, uh, there's also, let me find Cleveland. Cleveland has the 11th toughest. So the Nets are in a decent enough spot, you know, with their, their schedule going forward. As we, you know, we've alluded to with the games. But we'll get through the, the last couple. We've got four more games. Rockets win. Yeah. yeah. Oh, win. Knicks win. Yes. Oh, X. The X. <laughs> the the X. X. And then Cavs and Pacers. Do they split those or Ooh. do they get both of them? They get both of them. Boom. Because I'm convinced by then you have you have Ben, you have Kyrie. I'm not even concerned. The full squad? Yeah. yeah. Full squad. Well, I, I, I think that last five games could be a huge, some, depending on how Toronto plays, depending on how Cleveland plays. They've lost J.J. Um, those last five games are a beauty for us schedule-wise. I think they could make a huge difference in, in, in where we find ourselves in the standing. Um <laughs> I know the Cavaliers game would be like be tough, but um, I still think we can pull that out if we're full squatted. Yeah, we only had three losses. Three losses. I was thinking eleven of four. Honestly, (laughs) my my initial thought was eleven and four. Like when you had said that earlier, when I saw this question, Mm -hmm. 
in my head, I did a quick glance. I said 11 and four. I, I think it's could, and it's all very, uh, it all depends. As soon as, as soon as we get Kyrie home and as soon as we get Ben in there, I, I think you have to fluctuate possibly a little bit on that. I mean, so I, I would like an 11 four run and I would feel comfortable, but at the same time, you know, you have to be prepared that some of those could be losses. Yeah, you, you have to. Yep. Yeah. No, I totally. And that would obviously leave the Nets with 46 wins, you know, on the season, 46 and 36, which would be pretty solid and might get them that sixth seed and out of the, the, the play-in tournament. We'll have to see how it does pan out. But I think that 10 to 12 or 13 wins is probably the range. And because of the strength of schedule, it is somewhat advant- advantageous. And obviously the Nets are only going to improve with their availability. You know, I think availability has been the number one issue for this Nets team in terms of their success. Been incredibly unlucky with, you know, COVID stuff and injuries and freaky injuries and, and that sort of thing. But fingers crossed we get those 12 and 3, if not 13 and 2, maybe even 14 and 1. We'll have to see how it does pan out. But a fun one I want to finish with, guys, is, and I saw this one on Reddit, favorite victory this season. AJ, obviously, we got the game in Chicago where we had the big three firing. Christmas Day where Clax was ending the King's life. RIP to the King. The, the comeback with Cam and MSG at the Milwaukee game, obviously, and then Ooh. last night's Sixers win. There's been some wow. fun wins this, this is some year. Really good wins, uh, bro. Out of those five, what was your favorite, mate? Ooh, I'm going to go with – this is tough, man. Uh, it's I'm torn between Philly and Cam Thomas's comeback against the Knicks. I just feel like that game – just seeing it's funny because we all thought we were gonna you know i I, i'm an avid hater of the knicks coming from brooklyn you know i i really really hate the knicks uh i grew up my mother my aunt they're all knicks fans um my my, i changed my mom to a a brooklyn fan she's a brooklyn fan now (laughs) that's gotta be my aunt i I used to grow up and my aunt used to make me watch the 90s knicks every day and i I grew up kind of hating them so I've really advocated hated the John Knicks. Starks. So hated I can't John stand Starks. losing to the Knicks. So when we were going through that game, it's just the heartbreak of, oh my God, we're really about to lose to the Knicks. And then we come back. Cam Thomas, you know, hits that crossover, step back three, just catches fire in the fourth. I think we had like 14 straight points. It just was so sweet. So I'm going to go with that. And then this Philly game, of course, sticking it to Harden. Those are my two favorite wins. I'm torn between those two. Go ahead, Sam. I mean, it for me, it was for me, it was Chicago. Like I love, obviously, every one of those games has was just special in their own own thing. You know, the LA win was great. Like the the Knicks win, like they all were great wins. But for me, like the one that before this last night's game, that Bulls game was just my ultimate favorite at that point because it was like here you got to see the big three. We've been getting crap put on us the whole season we finally see the big three together and you add kessler and dayron in there and we just destroyed the bulls that stretch of i think it was like eight or nine minutes uh at the end of the third into like the fourth where we put that like 40 and like eight run on them that just destroyed them and it was like you just saw the bench of chicago and they were just like DeMar DeFrozen just sitting there like no emotion and then you pan to the Nets and they're laughing and there's big smiles all three of them it was like I was like thank you that's what I've been waiting for and it was like 
hardened leaves and that just like I I'll look at that photo from time to time and I'll just be like, bro, what were you thinking? Like, did you not see what just happened? That was you three and two rookies, and look what you did to the hottest team at the time, right? And but that Philly game hit different. It it just it hit different. It had a different energy for so many reasons, like battling fans on Twitter, the hate towards Ben Simmons, seeing uh, Kyrie uh, rejuvenated after his like fifty something fifty point game, KD like being back. Um, it was a page turned. So for me, it really is that that Philly game because like that's my team. I'm going forward. And you just said there's a completely different energy about this team now that Harden's gone. And ultimately, as even though those other ones were great, that 76ers just a complete punch in the mouth. Yeah. You they quit. They quit at the end of the third. You made a team quit at the end Harden, of the Harden third was requesting quarter. a trade on the bench, bro. You saw that? <laughs> yeah. Harden was requesting like, a trade. The guy that didn't want to like hang around and have a little patience. Um, because think about that, like, think about how they would be right now if he had just held on, you know, I understand, I, I am a belief though, that this team is better without him and our additions. And once Ben's in there, I think we're in a better situation, just like we were probably prior to him coming here, but whole new energy, hands down 76ers for me was the best. You, you, you completely embarrassed and demoralized the team to quit on you before the game was even over. Um, and you, you can't. I don't know what more you have to do. I'll probably go with that one as well, though. I'll throw out some love to the Milwaukee game because I thought okay. that was an, an epic game and a statement win, you know, given the form that the Nets were in and Kyrie Irving carrying the team and Drummond, you know, absolutely destroying Giannis as well on both ends of the floor. We mentioned the James Johnson play too. I thought that that was, you know, an emphatic win because the Nets have struggled against some of the better teams this year, obviously given their availability and such. So I'll throw a bit of love to that one. But, you know, there is, again... Like we've said with so many of these questions, there are no wrong answers. Yeah, but I love all those wins, man. They were all incredible. Lads, this has been a heap of fun. Can't wait to do it again soon. Me hop on Nets Kingdom, chatting on the spaces. The interactions are always, always, always fun. AJ, tell the people where they can find you and all your awesome content. Yes, uh, you can join us. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube at Nets Kingdom. Uh, we're on all socials. We're on Twitter. Again, Saints at Saint Net One. I'm at Nets Kingdom AJ. We're on Instagram, Nets Kingdom Seven Eleven, and then on uh, TikTok. We just made a new TikTok. You know, all the Nets videos. If you guys want some new Nets good Nets edits and Nets videos, uh, Nets Kingdom underscore on TikTok. Love that shit, Saint. Any final words? No, man, this has been uh, this has been great, Jack. Um, we've had you on the kingdom. We're definitely going to have you again. Um, love love what you're doing. Uh, love the pod. Love your energy. Um, love talking with you on on spaces in general. So this is this has been great. I appreciate you bringing us on. Uh, it's all Nets love, man. AJ pretty much hit it. I uh, dropped all everybody's details. So no, I just really appreciate you bringing us and thinking about us to have a discussion. I felt it was a really good yeah, discussion with some good energy. So please keep tweeting. Appreciate please you. Keep, yeah, please yeah, keep, keep tweeting. Keep, keep, keep them memes coming, bro. Keep them memes coming, bro. We love you, bro. I love you, bro. Spread love, fellas. It's the Brooklyn yeah. way. Spread love, listeners. It's the Brooklyn way. Subscribe sure. to all of those places. Subscribe to the obviously the Brooklyn Buzz on all streaming platforms. Five stars. We've got some new merch popping as well. Make sure you're checking out everything in the links and the descriptions, all that fun stuff. And baby, it is a Nets world. 
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.